What is the Spirit? Who is the Spirit? How do we know who the Spirit is? We know by the Scriptures. We know because the Church Fathers knew what the Scriptures said. And He is in our midst. But unless He is feelingly in our midst, unless He is consciously in our midst, that is, we're conscious of it, He might as well be somewhere else. Come on, come on. A little bit of a teaser of what's to come in this series of what do you believe. Um, in, case you're, uh, in case you're new here, maybe it's your first time back in a while, we've been in a series for, uh, yeah, probably about three years now, I think. Um, <laughs> no, no. We, so we started this series going back to February and then COVID, we took a break. And so we've re-engaged into this series in the last couple of months. And so, um, so we've actually got two more uh, months to this series. This month is what do you believe about the spirit? Next month is what do you believe about the church? which is going to be an incredible part of this series as well. Very excited to talk about the church. Why does the church exist? Why do we do this, right? And uh, what's the purpose? And so we're excited about that. I'm telling you, it's going to be really good. But before we get into today's message, I wanted to let you know about a couple of things. Um, every single week here at Northwood Church, we, uh, we as believers, we, we give. We give of our time. We give of our talents. And we also give of our treasures. And so we give of our money. Um, and so what we like to do is make sure that we uh, are, are pretty transparent and open about what happens with the money here at the church. And one of the things that we do is we give back to a lot of different organizations locally but also uh, internationally. Um, we are a part of a, a couple of different organizations that plant churches all over the world, some of which look like five or 10 people on the side of a mountain, all right? Some of which look like churches, a lot like, you know, like this one right here. And, uh, but one church that we were able to help out recently was a Liberty Church in Florida. And uh, in case you're living under a rock, there was a massive storm that went through Florida and Alabama just a few weeks ago. And um, uh, some of their, their locations even, uh, you know, had a lot of damage and things, but also the people around them had a lot of damage. And so they've kind of been boots on the ground, making sure that, uh, that people are getting served. You know, uh, come on, we know what it's like with Katrina. We know kind of all the things that are going on at that time. And so, so this is what's going on here around them right now. And so uh, Pastor Josh Lipscomb, He's a great guy. Um, actually, I was just talking to him a few weeks ago and uh, just a great guy, great heart for God. Um, actually took over his church, the church that he's at from his dad as well. And so it's kind of a similar story, but, uh, but they are being boots on the ground there in Florida. So we were able to send them a couple of thousand dollars just to help out and kind of continue to, to do a great work there in Florida. So you're a part of that. Also, uh, I want to let you know about something coming up in the month of December. Uh, we are partnering uh, with Children's Cup. Now, some of you know Children's Cup. We've actually been a part of Children's Cup for, for off and on for uh, quite a few years. And uh, what they do is they help uh, young kids all over the world now. It was in Africa, just in Africa, but they've actually expanded to a few different countries now uh, or, or different continents now. And, but anyway, what we're going to be doing is partnering with them to, uh, to, to do some to sponsor some kids. Actually, you remember Dan Olerking? I don't know if maybe some of y'all do. Dan Olerking uh, is actually going to be coming here in December. So we're excited about that. Dan's a great guy, but, uh, but he's going to be coming. And, and our goal is to sponsor 22 kids and uh, to support them. It looks about like $40 a month, but you're able to support them for their education uh, and for their needs that they have, but also you're able to support them in, uh, in meeting Jesus. Come on, and that's what we're about. We're about uh, advancing the gospel and 
many different ways. And so we love Children's Cup. We love what they're doing. But we just kind of wanted to give you a heads up about that well in advance uh, to be looking forward to that. We'll give you more information as the time comes. But with that, let's switch gears. I am... I'm very, very excited to be able to share with you today uh, the first week of what do you believe about the Spirit? And I, I, again, I, I kind of want to catch everybody up because if we just kind of start this week, you might be like, what are we doing? What is the, what's the point of this message series? Uh, again, we started this message series a few weeks ago and we started off really talking about what do you believe uh, overall? And uh, everybody has a belief system. Some people know what their belief system is, and some people have no clue what their belief system is, but that is their belief system. They just choose to be clueless, I guess. But we all believe something. And so as Christians, I think it's important that we actually know why we believe what we believe. All right. And and so what we did uh, is we started in February talking about what do we believe about God? We talked about, does God exist? And then we moved on sort of like in an apologetic type of way into if God does exist, what is he like? What's his character like? And then we move forward into the second month talking about uh, what do you believe about Jesus? One of the most controversial figures in history. And uh, remember that we've talked about how Jesus was either, uh, uh, you know, he was speaking the truth, okay, (laughs) or he was crazy. It was one or the other. He was either the things that he said he was or he was a lunatic. And uh, we talked a lot about that, how Jesus is our, uh, he claimed to be God. He claimed to be the Messiah, okay? And we talked about how he is our priest and how he is our king in the last couple of weeks. And now we, we end up in this third month, this third installment of what do we believe about the spirit? Now, in case you've been around church any amount of time, you've, you've heard the, uh, the, the, the word trinity, used. And really, these three months kind of come together, and we're talking about the Trinity. And we'll get more into that next week. But as we open up this this week, this month, talking about what is the Holy Spirit or who is the Holy Spirit or whatever you think of, whenever we mention the word spirit, things get a little bit weird. Like, if we talk about what do you believe about God, There's a lot of conversations around that. And even there's a lot of science that we can talk about, right? We talk about Jesus. There's a person that we can look to in history and we can talk about his life and what he did. And whether you believe that he was the Messiah or not, we can actually talk about something, right? But whenever we start talking about the spirit, all of a sudden everything turns to like ghosts and I don't know, right? It it, kind of gets ambiguous, And so today, I actually kind of want to crack open this conversation about the spirit, and not just the Holy Spirit, but the spiritual realm, all right? And some of you are like, yes, uh, you love this kind of stuff, right? Um, I'll just warn you that we're probably not going exactly the direction that you think I'm going to go the whole sermon, which typically is how it works around here, right? It's like you think I'm going to say something, and then we go in opposite direction. But what do you believe about the spirit? Now, there's different words used to describe what's beyond space, time, and matter, right? There's different words. And, you know, some people might say it's like a metaphysical conversation or if it's a, it's a supernatural conversation, right? We have these different words to describe this spiritual realm. Uh, it deals a lot with consciousness, deals a lot with the mind, with purpose, all of these things. Now, the one thing that we must realize is that if, if, if we're talking about the spiritual realm and if we've gotten to this point in the conversation of what do you believe about the spirit, if we've established that we believe that God exists, 
We've also established that we believe that there is something going on behind what we can see, touch, and feel, right? There's something beyond just, you know, physical things. And so I believe the majority of people actually are open to that concept. One other thing I want to remind you about in the way that we're approaching this series is that I want you to picture like you're having this conversation at Starbucks or maybe pre-COVID Starbucks, right? And you're sitting across the tables from somebody and you're talking to them and you've talked to them about what do they believe about God and what do they believe about Jesus? And, and now you're talking to them about what do you believe about the spirit? And, 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 and as you kind of engage in these conversations, you're going to engage with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, and today, I'll just kind of let you know where I'm headed with this. My goal is that we would, as believers, be more aware of the different spirits that are out there, the different verbiage that represents the different spirits, because we need to know what we believe, why we believe it. And we also need to know the difference between what we believe and what other people believe. Because there's a lot of convergence happening in the church with spiritual things. And at times, it's hard to tell the difference. Right? So we're going to dig into that deep today. But uh, here at NC, Northwood Church, we, we believe that there's a spiritual realm, obviously. But how do we interpret this reality? Uh, when we talk about the spirit, again, people get kind of spooky, get kind of weird. It's Halloween, right? So everybody's like all, all of a sudden this month open to all the spirits and everything. I think it's funny as Christians how like we're, we're like all against the demonic, but then I don't know, something happens in, in Halloween times and all of a sudden everybody's cool with like ghosts and demons all up in their house. And anyway, I'm not going to rant and rave on Halloween. I'm just going to say that maybe you should like, I don't know, Google it. One time we were on a trip. Me and Nadine and, and Ari, she was about seven, six, seven at the time, and, and we started talking about Halloween, and she was asking some questions about it. So I was like, well, let me just go read you a little bit. So I went back, and, and uh, it wasn't a Christian resource, by the way. It was a, just history. And I started reading about where a lot of the roots from some of the things that go on Halloween are. And uh, by the end of it, <laughs> there was like this weird hush in the truck of like, well, that's kind of freaky. I'm like... Yeah, there's a lot of things about Halloween that we should probably be aware of. But anyway, I'm not going to rip on Halloween. Have fun with your candy, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> just Google it. Uh, so, but we're talking about, uh, when we talk about the spiritual realm and, 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 and in this time, we're talking about spirits and demons and angels and, and all of these things. And uh, one thing I want to let you know is that all of that is real, okay? So like, it's, it's real. I think some people think things like Ouija boards and, and uh, like talking to the dead and all that kind of stuff are, are just uh, weird movies. It's just, it's weird stuff. That stuff is, is real. Like there are ways to do these things and engage in spiritual things and not in a good way. And uh, one of my favorite scriptures kind of alluding to this is out of Deuteronomy. Uh, it says, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or uh, who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. So God doesn't like whenever we engage in these sorts of things, right? Um, but, but in our day and age here, like things are normalized. And what I think is funny is sometimes there's things that happen in broad daylight right in front of everybody and everybody's cool with it. For instance, we were watching American Idol a few, uh, few months ago 
and they had a psychic come and, you know, it was like her son or whatever was, was trying out or auditioning. And as she came and they found out she was a psychic. And so they were like, you know, I don't know, tell me something about myself, you know? And so she began to say some things and, you know, they were like, you know, Katy Perry was like, I got chills, you know? And they start, and like, she actually starts just sort of practicing right there in front of them, witchcraft. And, uh, and everybody was cool with it. And like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> all I'm thinking of is a scripture like this, like this is demonic, man, but it's normalized and it almost kind of takes on this fake thing, like it's not a real thing. Uh, there was a man from Africa that came here years ago and he preached and, and one of the things he talked, and, and now he's from Africa and like the demonic is just, you know, running rampant and he came and he told my dad, he said, uh, he said, in Africa, you know, there's a lot of demons, a lot of things going on. He said, but uh, in America, you have very sophisticated demons sophisticated. So it's not as freaky or, or ooh, but it's just as dangerous. And we'll get into some deceptive spirits here in a second. But the spiritual realm isn't all just spooky stuff. Uh, It plays out in many physical and sometimes more subtle ways. And I think that's where the deceptiveness of it is. Again, if, if, if deception was easy to see, nobody would be deceived, <laughs> okay? It's the nature of deceptive uh, spirits. So um, I kind of want to give you some practical ways of what it looks like in our lives of how sp- the uh, spiritual realm influences us, and one of which is how our worldviews are spiritually influenced. And this is kind of where you're like, wait, where are we headed with this? Well, um, every idea is spiritual, Every thought that you have, everything that we do really is, is spiritual, okay? Uh, but, but every idea that we have is spiritual, and ideas form how we see the world. It informs how we see the world. Therefore, every worldview is spiritual, is fueled, is shaped by a, a spiritual influence. A man wrote an essay back in 1913. His name is John Gresham Machen. And I've been reading this essay. It's, it's really split into two different parts. One was in 1913 and one was in 1922. And uh, one thing that I love is I love going back and reading uh, pastors and preachers from years and years ago. I love reading their sermons because uh, it's amazing how today we're just regurgitating the same issues. Like we're talking about the same stuff. See, we think that the things that are going on today are brand new. Like it's the first time in history it's ever happened. Look, guys, we are human beings and we make the same mistakes. We think the same thoughts because it's all fueled by the same spirits over and over again. And so he said this 107 years ago, false ideas are the greatest obstacle to the reception of the gospel. The fight that he was fighting was a new thinking pattern that was beginning to weave its way into the church. A new type of liberalism was working its way into the church and was seeking to question and and really deconstruct a lot of the, the tenets of our faith. And so here he is pushing back on it and he says, false ideas, ideas, that's where the greatest obstacle is to the reception of the gospel. And something that we've talked about a lot over the last few months and I've said is that a lot of the issues that we're facing in the church, in our nation, in our world, it's not political. It's philosophical, it's ideas. And so I hope today to bring some clarity to that. Paul says this in Colossians 2. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, 
rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends, it depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. It's kind of starting to shape you already. You're starting to see these words and, and how they stack and how they create this necessity for us to lean onto Christ, not onto our own deceptive philosophy, which is fueled and built upon human tradition and dark spiritual forces. You see, there are many spirits out there, but there is one Holy Spirit, okay? A whole lot of different spirits, a whole lot of different beliefs fueled by those spirits, but there is one Holy Spirit, one spirit set apart, pure, the same essence of God, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three in one, one Holy Spirit. Now, there are many different beliefs, and so therefore there's many different worldviews, and in case you haven't really maybe looked into what worldviews are, you all have one right now. You're living by it. You're seeing the world through this lens. And again, it is fueled by a spirit. Okay, I'm being a little bit repetitive, I know, on purpose. Because as we move forward, it's, 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 it's important that we have this foundation. But our worldviews seek to answer some important questions that we all have. Where do I come from? What's wrong with the world? Is there a solution? And what is my purpose? And we're going to walk through those here in a second. And each of our worldviews really fall into two different categories. We're going to simplify it. And it's this. It's either biblical or it's unbiblical. Okay? It's either a biblical way of looking at what's going on or it's an unbiblical one. Pretty straightforward. And so uh, one thing I want to say again as we move into this next part is that every conversation that we have um, with an individual and every person is bringing to those conversations different presuppositions. And, and this is something that I think, kind of a side note, uh, this is something that a lot of people are misunderstanding right now and how to have conversations with people is they don't understand somebody's presuppositions that they're bringing to the table. And so they start having a conversation, not understanding where the person's coming from. And then they get in an argument. But the thing is, is that you're coming from different sides of the table. And, and, and until you understand those presuppositions, you can't actually really communicate and have a conversation. Okay. So, so as Christians, we have certain presuppositions. We have certain things that we presuppose that, that we are coming to the table with. And, uh, and we see, we're going to seek to kind of, I guess my goal is today to sort of concrete some of those for you today. Because in this day and age, there's a whole lot of different ideas of what's up. But Christians bring certain things to the table. And uh, one thing that I, I would say is that you need to always check yourself whenever you seem to be perfectly aligned with someone or something or an entity or whatever that does not believe that the word of God is truth. One thing that I find troubling or confusing is whenever I see Christians, believers, in total alignment with unbelievers about how they see the world. Because I'm like, how can you, how can you do that? How, can, how does that work? 
We're being influenced by different spirits. So I, I want to show you a video. Now, this is kind of a weird video. Found it this past week, just looking online. And um, it's, it's a woman. She's actually an author, and she writes this book. But, but what we want to talk about today is what does it sound like when somebody is, uh, has a different worldview and has a different spiritual approach to this life? And, and we want to bring up some of the terminology, but I thought the best way just to do it is just to show you someone actually talk about it, and then we'll dig deeper into what they meant by some of the things that they said, right? So, so go ahead and roll that video clip. Well, I started out in metaphysics. I was raised in metaphysics, so the supernatural and other dimensions are natural to me. Reincarnation, the afterlife, I just can't see life any other way than to know that life goes on. Death is really just a change from one form to another. In fact, matter and energy are the same force, and so nothing is ever lost. And that's kind of comforting to me. And uh, I, I think it might help others to, if they realize or come to believe that really there is no end with death, life goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Some of you are like, we don't, we don't believe that? I've been posting about that on Instagram for weeks. It's just a small clip, just a quick one, but did you hear all the different terminology that was getting thrown out? Do you hear the, the perspective? And if you know the word of God, then as things are being said, you're like, no, 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 no. But if you don't, and if you're open, an open mind, then you're like, I can see that. And I think that's a valid thought. See, we've got to talk about some of this, y'all, because this is infiltrating us and there's it coming from a different spirit. One thing I'll say about people who write books and, and, and make movies and write music, paint paintings, art, is that the spirit in which they're writing that is very important. Did you guys know that art really shapes culture? A lot of times we think that politics shape culture. Politics is just a response to culture. Laws are at the end of the day, like they're, they're just, no, 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 no. Art, think the way that people think, that's what's shaping what's going on in our, in, our, in our world. And it always has. And so whenever somebody writes a book, did you know that you should be very careful of which books you read, right? Which movies you watch. And I'll also say not just what books you read and, and movies you watch or, or music you listen to. It, it's actually more about the filter that you have between you and that, that art. The filter. Do you, have you ever been reading a book and then you read a line and there's something inside of you that says, nope, it just rejects it, right? Well, we believe that that would be, for a Christian, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guiding us, protecting us. John 16 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the truth that we're needing to know is the truth of ultimately the gospel. And, 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 and real truth, proper truth, the, the Holy Spirit guides us into truth that glorifies Jesus. What's a big filter that you should have? Is this spirit glorifying Jesus? 
Is this spirit uh, causing me to, to depend and align and center myself upon Jesus? Or is it causing me to center upon myself? What is it leading me to do? Let's dig into these four questions uh, and look at it from a, an unbiblical and a biblical lens and sort of show the difference. Four questions. Number one, where do I come from? We've all asked this question at some point in our life and we probably ask it to some degree almost every day. Like, no, 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 where did I really come from? People want to know where they come from. And so there's a lot of different options out there. There's an unbiblical worldviews. And I guess if we had to define some of these unbiblical worldviews, it'd be new age, spiritualism, uh, postmodernism, materialism, naturalism. There are a whole lot of isms, okay, out there. A whole lot of different constructs, a whole lot of different approaches. But uh, some of these unbiblical worldviews offer, uh, offer answers to these questions. Where do I come from? Well, maybe it's just evolution. It just evolved over millions, billions, whatever, trillions of years. That it's, it's just by chance that we've gotten here. And so that's where we, we come from. That's a really horrible way to have come about. But, but that's, that there's, there's one view that approaches it from that angle. Uh, some views do agree or agree with, you know, Christians that we are created by a, a higher power. But, but then they start using words like the, the divine. And again, it, it's not the same divine that we are speaking of. It's a, it's a different divine so it, there's borrowing of terminology. Where do I come from? Well, a, a higher power. Okay, well, I agree with that to a certain extent, right? Maybe a force, maybe reincarnation. You're just reincarnated over and over again. Um, I like this one. Maybe this is just all an illusion, right? It's just a bunch of zeros and ones. It's digital, so the matrix, right? Like, just reach up and... Do, pull out the rod out the back of your head, right? <laughs> Matrix, anybody? Nope. I felt like, okay, there's a few. I'm like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that was really weird. Um, it's a movie. It's an older movie. Uh, that just, like, this reality just isn't really real, and whatever's on the other side is actually more of the reality. And, and honestly, the, we as Christians do believe that to a certain extent. Like, come on, we believe in eternity, we believe that what we see, touch, and feel is real, but that there's, there's also something that's, that's going on, right? But other people would say that this is all just a mirage. And so there's a lot of different uh, people that are trying to answer this question, where do I come from? Well, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible simply says in Genesis 1, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so we... We believe in the word of God, so therefore we look at Genesis and we say, where do we come from? Well, it's simply answered. We don't deviate from that. So when somebody brings other options to the table that deviate from the fact that God created us in his image and also created us male and female, right there we can begin to kind of distance ourselves from that worldview. As Christians, that's, that's how we deal with that, Okay. Let's move on, because some of these other questions get a little bit more intense. The second one, what's wrong with the world? What causes evil and suffering? What causes the problems that we see in our world? Well, there's some unbiblical ways of looking at what's caused the problems and what's causing the problems. Maybe it's just that we're not responsible, period. We're just not responsible. There's no responsibility that lies on us. It's just, again, chance. Maybe it's just bad genes, 
We just have bad genes. And so it's just kind of degraded into where we're at. Again, through chance, it's just happened. Some, if, if there's wrong, it's because you're wrong. Like you did something wrong, so therefore you're getting wrong. I'm talking about it from the perspective of karma. Like do good, get good, you get bad, you've done bad. Okay, and, and honestly, this is something that we fight all the time in church. People come to God thinking that because they've done a lot of bad things, that they are therefore bad and they need to start doing good things in order to get God. And that's not what the gospel says. So if you have found yourself leaning into this mindset of karma or you're starting to borrow some of those ideas and pull them into your life, today, receive a little bit of correction. That is not how we view the world. We don't believe in karma, okay? Some would say that the problem that we're facing, what's wrong with the world is oppression. It's oppression. It's broken systems led by broken people, right? And, and so therefore that, that needs to be undone. What's wrong with the world? We need to fix it. What does the Bible say? Romans 5, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. So we believe that what's really wrong, if you go back to the root, what's wrong is sin has entered the equation. Now, I hope that I'm not a, a broken record to you today, but guess what? Different worldviews want to go to the root and, and define that root differently. And if we define that root differently, we're also going to look at all the, the, the results of that, fr that root, the fruit. We're also going to, 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 to look at the fruit differently. We're going to blame certain things or certain people whenever it's actually sin at the core of it. Does that make sense? So what's wrong with the world? Ultimately, sin. And the reason it's so important that our world, uh, that, that we get this right is because a misdiagnosis of the problem will lead to a misdiagnosis of the solution, right? So how you see the problem, what's caused the problems is how you will see what will fix those problems. And as Christians, we've got to remain, hold fast to what we believe has caused the real problems and what the solutions are. The biblical diagnosis of the problems in the world starts with sin, which has brought corruption into the world and is what is ultimately tearing the world apart. At, at like creation level, all the way to our relational level, like all of it has been destroyed and messed up, perverted, distorted by sin. So we're all good with that, right? Like, I mean, yeah, okay, man, I'm with you. That's cool, sin. But the third question, it starts getting a little bit more complicated because we start getting into what can we do? What is the solution? Is there a solution? So what's the, what's the solution to the brokenness in me? And what's the solution to the brokenness in our world? And this is where we begin to see how our worldview actually gets tested. Because, okay, a lot of the things that we just talked about is internal. It's internal. 
It's how do you see what's wrong? I mean, like, like honestly, you might believe that God created you. You might believe that you evolved. But honestly, at the end of the day, unless we're in a conversation, like you might not ever know really where I'm coming from. Uh, you know, like, like even what's wrong with the world? Well, we at least agree that there's something wrong with the world, right? I mean, we can look around and see that. But is there a solution? What is the solution? to my individual brokenness and what's wrong with me and then also what's wrong with the world. Well, there's a few different things that different unbiblical worldviews want to bring to the table. Um, A lot of them start with self, by the way, which is amazing. Self-awareness. Come on. How many of you? You just need to be more aware of yourself, right? Self-awareness. Like, I don't know, just the eye, self-awareness, right? Um... Self-denial, just deny yourself. Starve yourself, live a monastic life. Deny yourself, self-denial. And then you'll, you'll, you'll find some sort of you know, openness or whatever, or, or, or enlightenment. And, and pretty much anything with self before it, I think that we should be pretty aware of, okay? Um, psychotherapies, there's a lot of different ways of looking at how to fix what's wrong with you. Now, I believe in therapy, okay? I believe that we need a lot of different things. However, what's the ultimate solution? Jesus, ultimately, okay? But different therapies. Transcendence, just transcending above your current level where you're at, getting, getting out from underneath that, getting outside of those issues, maybe having a mystical experience. Mysticism. Mysticism is, um, it's, it's in many different realms, uh, many different religions. And in the church, mysticism has a way of just time, time after time finding its way back into the church, adding to the word of God, adding to things. Uh, but, well, man, so, so God spoke that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't really line up with what the word of God says. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it, it feels right. <laughs> um, I was talking to somebody a few years ago and um, they were really walking away from um, having confidence in the word of God. And we began to talk about kind of some of their mindsets. And uh, one of the things that came up was this thing of kind of... Uh, uh, more knowledge about things rather than what the word of God was offering. And uh, it was a very, anyway, uh, so we're, we're talking and, and I said, man, let me just ask you a question. You're starting to have some of these thoughts and you're sharing them with me, but how do you know that that is actually true? Like, how do you know that it's, it's actually truth? And, and he thought, and he thought, he said, well, it's just something in me says it's, it's right. And I was like, but how do you know that that thing that's telling you that it's right is actually the spirit of God? Like, how do you, what is your basis? And he said, I, I, I guess I can't answer that. You see, this, this mystical thinking, this, this, it's new age, it's, 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 it's humanistic in nature that in you, if you discover what's in you, the truth that's in you, that then you'll, you'll attain some sort of level of enlightenment. There's a whole lot of different things. I'm not going into each individual religion, but they, a lot of them kind of mix together. But it's about you finding your truth, right? 
And the thing about it is, is that as Christians, we should have this gigantic filter that just begins to reject some of these words. Not that every single word is 100% wrong or untruthful, but again, deceptive philosophies have elements of truth into them, in them because if they didn't, if they were just crazy, we wouldn't believe them. I'm just trying to like stir the pot. All right, we don't have time to go into all of the different, the different things, but, but, but what's the solution? Transcendence, mystical experiences, uh, hidden knowledge, Gnosticism, man. Again, the same thing just being dealt over and over and over again. And what do we do? Man, we just pour some, we just pour some milk on the cereal of those false religions and just start eating it up again. I'm telling you. Social media really exposes that in the church. <laughs> it's like, just go, go, before you post somebody that you don't know, just, just go, go read their belief system. And just because somebody says they're a spiritualist, that doesn't mean that they're a Christian. Okay? Just because somebody uses the word divine does not mean that they're talking about the same divine that you're talking about. All right? And you're like, why does it matter? Isn't it kind of all related? No. There's one Holy Spirit. And then there's a bunch of counterfeits. Okay? So, is there a solution? Another thing that I want to bring to the table is this idea that, that we need to, um, as, as Christians, uh, and, and a lot of younger people are probably dealing with this more than older people, but this idea that you need to deconstruct your faith. Deconstructionism. I first really personally began to hear about this, um, I don't know, maybe about a, a decade ago now for me. And, um, and it really connected with me because I was kind of going through this experience in my own faith journey where I began to question some of the things that I had believed for so long. And, uh, and there was a certain group of people that were using this term and and it was like, deconstruct your faith, deconstruct your faith. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, man, I th I'm kind of going through that. And then I realized that it wasn't about deconstructing your faith. It was about destroying your faith. See, here's the deal, guys. At my house, if, if I have some mold in one of the walls, you, you go, you, you might tear some sheetrock out, right? You might spray it, you might whatever, you do some things. But then and you put the sheetrock back and you're ready to go. Like... You could look at that as deconstruction to a certain extent, right? But what we don't do is if we have a little bit of mold in one room, we don't get a bulldozer out and trash the whole house, break up the foundation and build another complete different house, right? So when some people use the word deconstruction, if we're talking about faith, really what they might be saying is, no, tear down everything. Get the jackhammer out, destroy it and build something better, build something better, if we're talking about faith based upon the word of God, now you have to go and you have to attack the foundation, right? You have to break that apart and then you have to create a new canon. You have to create a new system. You have to create a new approach to your faith. And in that is this, this, this mindset that is very dangerous. But the deconstruction is mindset. It's, again, it's nothing new. It's happened over and over. And there's also a certain element of it at work in our nation right now. 
Do we need to break up the foundation? Or do we need to rip out a wall? Do we need to clean up some mold? You see, you see the devil loves chaos, okay? He kills, steals, and destroys. That's what he does. And he uses a lot of different methods to do that. And he affects our worldviews. Now, 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 please don't turn me off right now because some of you are already, uh, uh, you're politicizing everything that I just said. You know how I know? Because certain words you cannot say without them starting to get it on one side of the aisle or the other. And it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And in the church, we should be a little bit more intelligent than that. Okay, we should be a little bit more spiritual than that. And we should also realize that on no matter what side of the aisle you're on, that your worldview is being fueled and influenced by a spirit. And just because you're on the proper side of the aisle in your approach does not mean that it's the proper spirit that's actually at work in some of the ideologies and on that side of the aisle. Again, it's not about choosing a side. It's about what is the Holy Spirit speaking to us and really looking with a fine, going through, through our culture and through our mind with a fine tooth comb of the, of the word of God and saying, Lord, search my heart. God, let me reject the things that I need to reject. A biblical worldview though, what's the problem? What's the solution? Romans 5 just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What's the solution? Hey guys, ultimately it's Jesus. It's ultimately Jesus fixing what is broken. Our sin is atoned for through Christ's death and resurrection and we are transformed by the power of his spirit in the likeness of Jesus. Ultimately, that's the solution. What's my purpose? Well, again, unbiblical, biblical. Unbiblical would say that your purpose is a lot of different things. Self-fulfillment, self-fulfillment, self-actualization, self-realization, a lot of self again. Your purpose is to fulfill your hopes and dreams. Self-fulfillment. You will find fulfillment whenever you accomplish your dreams. Set a goal. Attain that goal, reach that goal, fulfillment, right? And if we look at it on like a a career level, a lot of people think that if I can just get that job, if I can just get that career, if I could just find my niche, right? Like all of a sudden I'm gonna enter into this place of just peace, really doing what I was called to do, right? My purpose. And I believe that we should look for purpose, guys. I don't wanna like mock it out the room. However, like just play it out. How many of you have actually attained a goal that you, that you set and you were fulfilled for about three months. And then all of a sudden you were like, I need another goal. I need something else to like, keep this going, man. Like I'm running out. What is that? There's this idea of, of setting these goals in our life and then fulfilling those goals. And that that's like where we, that's like our purpose, man, that's not our full purpose. Y'all in America, though, and I know I feel it like, man, you're really kind of stepping on my toes a little bit because I've been building up my purpose and my goals and my plans for decades. And, and now you're kind of pushing back on that. Yes, exactly. Because we're getting, we're getting conditioned to think that if I can fulfill all of my goals and my wishes and my plans, that that's where I will find fulfillment. And it's just simply not true. Personal enlightenment, what's your purpose? To be enlightened. How about to create a utopian society? Your purpose is to create a utopian society. Your your purpose, that's it, man. Figure out what's broken, 
create a utopian society. And this idea of, of heaven literally being on earth, Christians tend to, to kind of overrealize that as well, but in the world do the same thing. We're not gonna have heaven on earth like some people are, are trying to describe it because broken people are in this world, okay? There's brokenness in the world. And so you might say, man, I need to uh, maybe just accept what's going on in my life. My purpose is just to accept what's happening. Just accept it, find your peace. Maybe if you, you know, kind of are more of a, have a karma mindset, maybe it's just accept karma. And that's where you enter into bliss, right? Transcendence, all of these words are used. Achieve nirvana. It's not just a band from the 90s, okay? Um, know thyself, know myself, grow myself, and be led by myself. Again, anytime that you're saying me, 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 self, 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 a lot, you need to check that motive. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Talking to Christians, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So really a biblical worldview says that we are to know God, that we are to become like Jesus and we're to be led by the Holy Spirit. Not to know myself, but to know the one who created me. Your identity is not based upon these other things, these other unbiblical worldviews. It's based upon Jesus, the person and work of Jesus. To partner with God in bringing reconciliation and restoration to a fallen humanity and a fallen world. To partner with God. Mark 13, 22 says, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. You need to know today that there are spirits at work to try to deceive you. And we literally do not have enough time today, period, the entire day, to walk through every single one of these spirits. But there are a few that are prevalent in our society right now. And I have to dance so gingerly through the terminology that's used but I'm going to try. For the last, I would say, maybe five to 10 years, um, I've really struggled a lot with some of the mentalities that are going on in our society. And a lot of this, the mentalities that are going on in our society um, are always just chalked up to being the world, sin. It's just, wow, I don't know what that is. It's kind of weird. And then I begin to see that mentality infect the church. And whenever that begins to happen, it's no longer just biblical and unbiblical. It's this weird blurring of the lines of what is truth or not truth and what the Bible is saying or not saying. And in the last year, that mentality has blown up to become mainstream. And we live in Mississippi. 
And so we kind of lag behind a little bit in some of the things that are going on. Okay, we're, we're, we're not as far back as it used to be, thanks to the good old internet. But we still lag behind in certain things. And so I begin to see this begin to weave its way into the church. I, I begin to hear what other pastors uh, were saying. And I'm like, wait, where are we, where are we headed with all this? And, and then uh, I'll give you some examples. Uh, moral relativism. What's good for you is good for you. What's good for me is good for me. Like just that concept. For, for some of us, that makes no sense. It's so foreign. And the reason that it's so foreign is because we actually don't understand what the conversation is. We don't understand what the thinking pattern is. We don't understand the worldview and we don't understand what's fueling that worldview. And so again, we have bad conversations because we don't understand where people are coming from. But I begin to see this and I'm like, where is this coming from? And of course, many of you have studied history. Many of you have studied philosophy. And so you know about a lot of these, these pillars of thinking and how they play out in societies. But, but, but postmodernism. Is, is full-fledged. That's where we're at now, okay? Uh, th th this type of plurality of thinking, plurality, plurality of religions or morality or what's good for you is good for you, that whole mindset has leaked into every part of our life. And many of you are like, yeah, man, I totally get that. It's been around for a long time. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people don't understand that. And, and, and then there's also other theories that are coming into play that are beginning to pair along with postmodernism and it's beginning to redefine the scripture, beginning to redefine the heart of God. And I'm talking about in the church, but, but, but the conversation that's in the world, it's jacked up, it's messed up. And so even though I'm not, I'm not going full-fledged into the conversation about how postmodernism is pairing together with critical theory and different things, but there, is, there, are, there are valid conversations that need to be had. And, and maybe in this church, we'll begin to kind of delve into some of those things. But all of those things are fueled by spirits, guys. And, and this is what I, I wanna end today with. I, I wanna ask you, especially young people, young people, my goodness, you have got to seek the face of God for him to speak to you, for him to reveal truth to you so you are not swayed by the pendulum of what's going on in our culture. Again, if there's mold in the wall, do we destroy everything? No, we need to remove that wall maybe and we need to make some changes, right? However, this, this thinking, it's, it's, like, it's like acid and it's beginning to eat away at a lot of people's faith, a lot of, a lot of, the, 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 a lot of things that don't need to be eaten away at. And my prayer for this church, my prayer for you, is that we would begin to look at the spirits that are behind people's words, not just their words. That we would begin to look at the spirits behind what we see on social media, not just what we see on social media. You see what I'm saying? The, the people that we follow, the articles that we read, that we would look deeper than just what's on the surface because there's always something underneath the surface. We're entering into a whole new era as a society. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist, okay, guys? I'm really not. But I just really feel that a lot of people are blind, completely blind. And if you think that it, if, check, check, bring it down, bud. If you, you can bring it down a little bit more. <laughs> if you think that the conversations that we're having and the tension that we're feeling is gonna be fixed in November, 
I feel really sorry for you because you're gonna wake up on November 4th and be very upset. It's much deeper than that. I'm telling you, okay? So I, I, I love you. I love this church. Many of you I know. Some of you I have no idea where you're coming from. And that's what makes conversations like, or, or monologues like this very difficult because really this is a conversation that needs to be had. But <laughs> I'm not gonna ignore it. I'm not gonna act like it doesn't exist. And I'm gonna throw some hints out there and there's some of you, you need to go, you need to be, begin to do some research. You need to begin to do some, some, some searching of the word, some searching of the history of our nation, some ser- searching of the political things that are happening, some searching of the ideologies that are at the roots of what's going on. Because it's spiritual, y'all. So I know a lot of you are like, yeah, 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 I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And some of you are like, where are you going, man? We would need about six hours. And I'm not kidding. We really would. But what I want to do is I want us to go to the throne of God. I want him to begin to reveal truth to us. Because that's what Jesus said the spirit would do. That he would reveal truth to us. I don't need somebody's opinion. Right? You don't need my opinion. What we need is truth and the truth that is found in Jesus. That's what we need. And then we can work our way from that standpoint as believers, I'm talking about, man, to begin to teach our families, to begin to actually be a light in the darkness. You cannot win over people from the spirit of darkness into the spirit of light by trying to use the spirit of darkness to do it. It's not going to work. We need the spirit of truth. Let's pray. God, we open up our hearts to you right now. God, as we live in a world that there's a lot of confusion, there's so much chaos, there's tension, there's anger, there's pain. And God, we, we really, we don't have all the words. We don't, we, we can't even say the right prayer. God, we, we, see, we see certain dangers and certain groups of people and, and, and certain nations, and we see all of these different things happening and moving around. We see all these different worldviews, and, and we feel different spirits at work. But God, anytime that we, we as people, that we move into different eras in society, Father, we, we, we've got to like recalibrate And Lord, God, we need your spirit to do the calibration. God, right now, we we turn from trusting in our own mind. We turn from trusting in our own spirit. We turn from trusting that, that we have the answers, that we can create a certain type of world that, that, or we can, we can become a certain type of person apart from you. We turn from that thinking. Come on, right now, if you've been buying into some of the, the thought patterns that maybe some of the language right now, just in your own way, just say, God, would you, would you reveal truth to me? God, I repent of allowing that mindset. I, I repent from allowing humanism, God, to, to work its way into my, my life and in my heart. God, I repent from, from opening up my spirit to, to this 
conversation over here, to this person over here, Lord, I realize right now that I need you. God, I've, I've been caught in deceptive philosophies. Jesus, check my heart. Some of you today realize that you actually are very, very, very far from God. Maybe through the worship, through the words that we read and the, the things that we talked about in the message, you realize that, that you've really been on a different path altogether. The spiritual path that you are on is not one based upon the word of God. It's not a biblical worldview. It's, it's your own or it's someone else's or it's a false religion altogether. But as you heard the words that were being spoken, as you, as you read the verses, there was something in you that was saying that right there, that is concrete, that is truth. I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to that because I believe that that's the Holy Spirit that is confirming and revealing the truth of God's word to you. It wasn't me, it wasn't a song, it was the Spirit of God at work in your heart. The wonderful thing is that Jesus paid the price for the thing that separates you from God and that thing is sin. So right now, I wanna lead you in a prayer. Just say, Lord, I repent, I turn, from unrighteous living. I pray that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would set my feet upon the rock, which is Jesus. Today, change my heart, change my mind. Let me be like you. Let me glorify you. I thank you for the cross and I thank you for the hope that I have in Jesus. God, today, I pray that you would help us as a church to seek your face, God, to know your ways. God, that we would reach out and grab your hand and Lord, that you would lead us and guide us. God, through the treacherous waters of this society, through the treacherous waters of the spirit realm, God, and all the different spirits that work at different worldviews, Lord, give us wisdom, give us clarity. And God, we're gonna give you the praise, the honor and the glory for it in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're gonna wrap up today. We're gonna sing praise to God, asking to seal what's been spoken about in this room today. Come on, let's do it.
Amen, amen. What's going on, Northwood fam? My name's Tom. I'm the assistant pastor here at the Gulfport campus. And I just wanted to say hey to some of you who are maybe new here this morning. Uh, I know Pastor Jordan welcomed you a little bit earlier in the service, but I want to welcome you as well. And I want to give you a way to connect here to Northwood, uh, but not just for those who are new, but also those who, like Pastor Jordan was just saying, that God got a hold of your heart this morning. And maybe you just prayed that prayer with him. Maybe you're watching online and uh, God has changed your life this morning. I want to connect with you as well. We've got a simple way to do that. For those of you who are in here with us in the service, there's a card in the seat pocket in front of you. It's really simple to fill out. Just grab that, fill it out really quick, and you can turn it in at our Next Steps area. We got a friendly couple in the back there who would love to meet you and congratulate you. And, uh, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in touch with you this week. If you're watching online, you can go to northwood.church slash next steps. The same little card is there in digital form on there, and you can fill it out, and I will get in touch with you as well. But hey, it's been a great morning, hasn't it? It's been great. Um, some of you, maybe you, 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 you came here this morning, you just got some stuff going on, you got some weight on your life, and, and you just want to uh, uh, just someone to agree with you in prayer. We do have our prayer team. Uh, they're back praying with folks at the beginning of the service. It's great. Um, but we do ask this of you. Uh, they're going to be right up here at the front of the, the, the auditorium by the stage after we uh, dismiss. If you could just wear a mask as well, you guys get in close proximity and they just want to show some love to you, pray with you, agree with you in prayer and uh, just make yourself available to them if you have that need this morning. But hey, it's uh, October. Happy October. It is nice this past few mornings, right? Who's thankful for the cooler weather? I know I am. I'm a northern boy. I don't, that heat is killing me sometimes. But um, hey, beginning of every month, we got some exciting things that normally go on. One is with our Impact Student Ministry, uh, seventh through 12th graders. At the beginning of every month, we normally have our impact night on the first Sunday, but what we actually did is we uh, postponed that until October 18th. So parents of impact students, mark your calendars for October 18th. And that's, I think it's gonna be at our Wiggins campus this month. So uh, put that aside, but for tonight, Impact students are going to be getting together here at the campus. Okay, they're going to be having a community night along with our other small groups. So Impact students, get out here tonight. You're going to have some food. You're going to have a campfire, uh, roast some s'mores. Come on, it's going to be a good time. Play some games outdoors. Enjoy some of this uh, kind of fallish weather, right? So it's going to be good. Um, and then, uh, what's the last thing? One last thing I had for you guys. This Wednesday, that's the other thing we do at the beginning of each month, prayer and worship, the first Wednesday of every month. I just spoke with a gentleman this morning. He's like, he's like, man, it'd be awesome. He's new to the church here. It'd be awesome if we can do something on Wednesday nights. I was like, hey man, this Wednesday night, we actually got something that's awesome. Uh, so if you've never been to a prayer and worship, get to a prayer and worship service this Wednesday night at seven o'clock. You're not gonna regret it. It's a great time that we spend together. So that's all I have for you guys this morning. Have an awesome week. Love you guys. See ya.